Welcome to Bite Size Dental Marketing. Today I have Suda Vetri. She's the founder and CEO of Subscribely. It's a subscription management technology and it allows the white labeling of the in-house subscription plans. And, you know, I am a huge fan of the in-house subscription plans as we transition a lot of our offices from PPO to fee-for-service. We, we think this is a very important tool for to, to, to discuss with patients, to help finance things, to help get access to the quality of care. But I would love to hear about your journey and what led you to start Subscribely and tell me a little bit about yourself. Thanks for having me in the podcast first. Of course. I mean, like, you know, more than a, a CEO and a founder, uh, I'm a lifelong like consumer to begin with. And fortunately, before I could start with the subscription platform services, I was working for a bigger organization. Like, you know, all the time I was given insurance to begin with. Like, so I didn't have the void of not having an insurance and I had no idea about the gap in which, like, you know, the healthcare mm. and the insurance that can potentially exist to begin with. So when I was exposed to that and the consumer in me thought, like, okay, like I'm sitting in a chair talking to the provider, but my needs or the treatment that's going to be provided to me is determined by the insurance that I hold. Why is that? Like, you know, every which way that you go and consume any other services in the market, as a consumer, you are able to pick and choose services what you want, and you are allowed to pay for the services, right? It's much more affordable. You can dictate the terms. You can negotiate the price. You can negotiate the frequency in which you want to get the services and things like that. Why not in healthcare? Mm. And that's the quest of, like, you know, question what we started to discover and then we said, like, we were exposed to the dental membership plan. And when I got exposed to that, what I understood is the problem is beyond dental. Like, you know, entire healthcare as a whole has this void where there is one size fits all insurance given to everyone. And pretty much everyone has to abide by that. And there is no customization or personalization that happens. And people who cannot afford insurance are penalized even more and they have been asked to pay more price, and there is no streamlining of services for mm. that. As a result of which, uh, we started the subscription uh, company. Uh, Subscribely means like subscribed. Uh, to bring in a consumerization in the healthcare is a whole motive and a concept behind the idea of like starting this company. As you saw the need in the marketplace, tell me a little bit how you solve the need in dental. It's white labeled, but how do you determine what's in the plan? the the price of the plan the the billing of the plan things like this of these in-house dental plans okay that's a great question so generally there are about different personas that come into a dental practice right if you're a period dentistry then you you're seeing a lot of kids if you if you have like you know um, adult dentistry then there are older people and then there are people who have a healthy hygiene and a period mm -hmm. and all of that the best person to determine the inclusions of a given package is the dental provider themselves because they know exactly what the patient needs are based on the findings, what they do in the mouth. And then they will be able to categorize them into high-risk patient, healthy hygiene patient, and a period patient, and a patient who requires like an arch maintenance and dentures and implants and so on and so mm -hmm. right? So what we have done is we work with the practice and the provider and then understand the underlying patient base to customize the package because they are they, they, they are the one who are treating the patient. They know their patient very well. 
and they also know the forecast of what kind of patient they're looking to attract in the future. So we take that also into consideration while defining these packages. And that's how we go about uh, planning the services. So, so you can have multiple packages, like a, a family package that, you know, for family of four, a, a perio package, a, you know, someone who's interested in cosmetics, if they wanted to have sort of a multi-year plan. How do you interact with the office of, okay, so I have Eric standing in front of me you know, Eric, sign up for our plan. Who bills Eric? How does the information pass? And you mentioned something on the pre-show that I have been thinking about since we started talking. Who owns the underlying data as well of it? And that's a great question. So again, uh, like I said, there are three actors to this play. Uh, one is like, you know, while signing up for the package, obviously the friend desk person, like, you know, interacts with the patient. And then there is a dental provider and then the patient themselves, right? So Eric shows up to a dental location. Uh, he says, like, you know, hey, this is my insurance. These are the things it covers. Or, like, probably Eric doesn't have an insurance. Like, you know, under right. he, has, like you know, he walks into a dental clinic. So the friend desk person can understand the need of where you are. And, like, you know, probably they're having this conversation before you uh, went and met with a hygienist or after you met uh, and, mm-hmm. and had the hygiene exam to begin with, right? So they exactly know what what you need or services that you require for that given day. Um, and then they can have a conversation with you to say, hey, like these are the treatment plan that's given to you. This is how much the cash price is going to cost. However, if you sign up for this membership, this is how much you can save. And you can use AHSA card to pay for this membership. Hmm. Then and there, it makes it easy. As a consumer, you're like, okay, it makes clear sense. Instead of me paying like $1,000, I can pay about like you know, $300, save $700 in worth of procedures. That gives me X, Y, Z procedures, right? However, you are a patient who is walking into that practice. So the dental provider ultimately owns the data according to mm. our law, right? And as a patient, you reserve the right to your own data as well because you are a patient and it's your data as well. So there are two major actors here who's between the provider and the patient. They ultimately own the data and it, it's their data to keep it unsecured. Mm-hmm. They could be a, a credit card processing machine. There's, they could be a membership administrative company. There's, these are all like a facilitator to enable the transaction. Ultimately, it's their responsibility to keep the data secured, but the data belongs to the provider and the patient. I see. Now, in the event that you get in and I know there are some challenges with some other payment plans and, and, and in-house plans where they exit the contract and they lose the ability to, to understand the patient records. How, how do you negotiate that there in the event? You know, and obviously you don't want anyone to leave, but if they do, how do you ensure the transition of services for that, for that patient? When we started this company, our whole goal is to be integrated with the PMS system, right? Mm-hmm. Because the doctor, even the friend desk, the hygienist, everyone is so used to spending time with the EHR or the PMS system. Right. That's where the patient medical record lives, and that's where the patient record lives. Mm-hmm. So whatever transaction, what we do, we push that information, and then we pull the information to deprecate the services from the PMS itself. So in the event, if a provider says, hey, look, like, you know, it's been a fantastic journey, but we are moving to XYZ provider. This is the new system that we are going to use. 
it's our responsibility to one tokenize information and transfer it over to the other vendor to a handshake between the provider and the other vendor as i said like ultimately the provider is the key to the whole mm-hmm. thing and the patient themselves owns the data so we would tokenize and push that information either to the pms vendor if the pms vendor offers the services what we are offering or to any other vendor who actually will continue to host this information on the behalf of the provider now when you start talking to dentists about this and office managers what are their typical concerns or what are the hard questions that you get more consistently, if you will? One, like, you know, uh, they pretty much ask us, like, you know, how integrated we are with the PMS system, right? Uh, because they're worried about maintaining another tool and then, <laughs> you know, keeping that up to date and like another dashboard and like, you know, other reports. Okay, dashboards are three or four dashboards. Yeah, it's t- yeah. all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And then the credentialing, right? Like, you know, they also would understand, okay, like the attrition rate is very high and that's the number one problem like dentistry is dealing with now. Like, you know, there is a friend desk uh, shortage and all of that, right? So what hmm. happens if a person leaves? Like how soon I can remove that access? Um, how I can credential the person? Like, so I know exactly to track like what, what all they have done and things like hmm. that. And then the third one is a training. Because of the attrition and the changeover happens so often, how often like you know, we collaborate with them to provide the training because the program gotcha. is as good as itself when they're able to communicate to the patient in a very clearly in a concise manner mm. and wh- how our team is facilitating that and how we are supporting those stuff, like what we are taking away from their plate to facilitate this membership transaction, right? Like mm-hmm. one is you provide all the materials, second is you integrate with the system, third is you provide the training. But fourth is they are busy people. Like, you know, they have like, you know, people walking in and they wanted to be taken care and they want to be checked in, checked out. And there are a lot of activities that they do. So they don't have enough time in the day to actually explain the value prop of the membership, enroll them. If there's a payment issue, if there is like something that have happened incorrectly in their like, you know, membership, they don't have time to deal with that. At the same time, they don't want to disappoint the patient saying, oh, you have to call this number like you will, they will take care of your things. So how we can act as an extension of the team mm. to facilitate that conversation or the transaction between the patient and the provider on behalf of the provider. Uh, that's a very key point. And that is something that the, the providers love about us because we act as their department and we speak on behalf of the provider. Although we also make sure to empathize with the patient because ultimately all they wanted is to get a service that they deserve. Right, right. So uh, the the sort of path then is, I, I call, I say, Hasuda, how are you? You're like, I'm great. And then I, we agree what's going to be in the plan, the pli- pricing and, and the plan structure. And then your team puts together some content around it and trains my my office how to discuss it and teaching and things like that. And then, you know, you integrate with the PMS system. And, and at that point now we're live. Yes. What what are the common questions that consumers have about you know about it? Is it white labeled so it's Eric's in-house dental plan or do they do they know of Subscribely? Does the consumer know of Subscribely and talk me through you know some common issues that a consumer may have. So it's completely white label un- unless they read the fine footprint and the disclosure which is required by law that we have to disclose that we are the mm-hmm. administrator. So it's completely white label. Okay. As a patient, 
um, they're calling in a white 1-800 number to understand like you know, what the plan has to offer. Oftentimes people treat this like a cobra, like where they sign up for the plan, a month or two later, they end up getting a dental insurance. And then they're like, hey, like, you know, I'm, like, you know, I'm done using this membership plan. Like, I would like to get canceled and things like that. So gotcha. okay. oftentimes we have to explain the terms and conditions that comes along with the plan because it's an annual contract that you're signing up. Mm. And like, if you terminate in between, oftentimes the providers are very, very understanding of the patient because the patient is not looking to leave the practice. It's just that they got a dental insurance in lieu of this membership. So we work with the provider to accommodate the patient changing needs. Um, so that's another common question that we answer on their behalf. And then obviously, like there are questions around the fee schedule as such, like, you know, not everything is discounted. Like there are certain exclusions that apply. For example, like, you know, if it's a dentist who does like arch maintenance, obviously it's a very expensive procedure. They don't want to be discounting that. Rather, they would do a payment plan for implementing an arch. There is a discount services for the arch maintenance, right? I see. So it's, it's mm -hmm. explaining the fee schedule, explaining the terms and conditions, and understanding the changing needs of the patient and acting on behalf of the provider is one of the common things that we work with the practice. Hmm. Now, what does the consumer see on their credit card bill? Uh, so it'll be Eric uh, Dental Plan. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So so from start to finish, they, the office gets to decide what's in the plan, the fee structure of the plan what's discounted, what's not. And the consumer really just sees the, the, the offices, you know, uh, allowing them access to the, to exactly. the plan and things like that. Yeah. That's wonderful. The idea, uh, I always like to use the analogy that we are the Goldman Sachs behind an Apple card, an Apple credit card, but nobody knows it's a Goldman Sachs is an actual like underwriter. Right. So mm -hmm. we are literally the Goldman Sachs behind the dental clinic. Like no, nobody knows it's, it's us who is underwriting us who is actually like, you know, managing the plants and administer on the behalf, but it's all done under their, their name and their label. Earlier today, we talked about the DSO conference in Austin. Where are you at? How are you, who are you talking to? Where are you meeting the dentist? You know, yeah. if I, if I wanted to sign up, where do I go? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, you can go to subscribe.com and book a demo. Um, like, you know, one of us will show up. Potentially, it's going to be me uh, demoing the product <laughs> and like signing up the DSOs. I'm passionate about this. And then uh, we also go to a lot of conferences. Um, and our, our primary meet of meeting the doctors is referral. Like, you know, there are several like emerging groups who have mm. gone live with us. They've experienced the technology. They've experienced our support and like, you know, the value what we bring to the table. They've also seen an uptick in like, you know, retention and the growth in the membership count. Um, so and then they start recommending to their fellow dentists saying, hey, like, you know, you should check out this company if you're looking to offer like, you know, dental membership plan and things like that. Um, so, so it's purely has been a word of mouth. Like we haven't spent ton of marketing budget uh, in like, you know, in acquiring dentists, but mm -hmm. that's why we are very satisfied because we are able to go through the referral mode. So we, we are a known devil. Like you know, and then like we right, right. our true power, and be able to uh, capitalize on that. On the pre-show, you were talking about dentists and contracts, and mm -hmm. how they focus on the front end of how much it costs, not not necessarily you know the entire life of the project. I, I think the same is true when you talk about in-house payment plans and discounting. You know, and, and they're like, well, why would I give up five percent or ten percent of of my you know cosmetic production or something like that? And we found that people who are in in-house plans cancel significantly less 
appointments because the the sunk cost fallacy of like I'm paying for this, I need to go. The other one is the treatment acceptance was significantly higher, and you, I'm, I'm sure you get into some correlation and causation of the people who are likely to buy a plan, prioritize their health care, so they're likely to listen to the dentist. But at a higher rate, they are accepting treatment, and they're accepting larger treatment. Is the other thing people that are in plans typically accept more significant treatment than than not? And I don't know why a dentist doesn't have an in-house plan in 2023, given the state of the union around dental insurance around the economy. I think in a inflationary or you know recessive-based economy that consumers are more cognizant of money going out. And I, I think in 2023, I don't know why an office wouldn't have an in-house dental plan. Especially being white labeled, and you know you can customize it the way you want. I, I, I think it's a huge tool in their toolbox to get treatment uh, yeah. presented and accepted. Exactly. Yeah. Well, like ultimately, what you're trying to build is a patient loyalty, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're building a patient loyalty, that's number one key or the the root cause of the practice being successful. Like if you have a loyal patient, then they're going to come to you no matter what. Mm -hmm. And they're going to build that trust with the dentist to understand, okay, whatever the dentist is proposing to me, it's in good goodness of me, right? Like, you know, they're right. they putting my health into the center of uh, the core need and they're suggesting programs that would improve my overall health and overall. The point number two is when you're building this patient loyalty, by launching the membership, you're also building a recurring revenue factor, right? Like, you know, think of it, like, you know, what does uh, Netflix does? Mm -hmm. When they like announce a quarterly result, they not only say like, you know, how much the um, profit margin they achieved and all of that. The common thing that they actually report on is the user group, like, you know, saying like, you know, these are how many new users signed up and as a result of which their company grew. Right. Right. So if you're able to report the same thing for your investors and whatever the value that is adding to a beta, that's pretty much like, you know, it's yours to keep because these patients have signed up your membership that is going to create a recurring revenue base, no matter like, you know, what happens. Right. And the, the third one is like also to pay attention to the recurring revenue base and the user base and the patient loyalty that you're getting, which mm. should retain with the practice, no matter which vendor you choose to operate with. Right. These are the core pillars that they have to work towards. And if they're able to focus on all of this, then they are building a very successful practice, which is independent of like any insurance, like income or revenue standards that they can define. And it's it's going to be definitely you know, foolproof and like, you know, recession proof to begin with, because like, you know, when the, the COVID happened, it was a $28 billion loss. Like all DSOs have to follow all the staff, but it's not that we stopped paying insurance premium during that time. That's right. <laughs> so we kept paying insurance premium, but the insurance premium never went anywhere. And ultimately, the dentist suffered loss. Imagine if all those insurance premium, what we paid, was given to all those DSOs or the practice where I was going to, then the dentist economy would never got affected to begin with, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the model that we are, or the problem we are looking to solve by launching an in-house membership plan. But the, the, the core theme is also building the patient loyalty and recurring revenue stream. So that was so well said. And I, I love the product. I love that you've thought through both the onboarding and the offboarding. And I can't say enough, you know, wonderful things about the need you're filling as, you know, regardless of how many offices they have or where they're at. And 
Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I, I very much enjoyed having you. I look forward to having you again. It was fantastic talking to you. And uh, and like I'm always like passionate about solving this problem. And uh, like it was really great having this conversation with you. All right. Let's talk. 